Welcome to the Intentionist Podcast, where we explore the interplay between intuition, spiritual health, and everything in between. I'm your host, Amy Schreiber. And I'm Hilary Zwallen. Our intention is to create a dialogue that inspires you to consciously forge your path with curiosity and compassion for life and its mysteries. We've got a fun episode today. We are talking astrological ages. What are they? What does it mean throughout history? And what does it mean for our time? So this is Zodiac Through the Ages. First thing to note, we're talking Western astrology. There are many different type of astrological calendars, Vedic astrology, Chinese astrology, the Mayan calendar. They all have unique and interesting points of view on what has happened throughout history and why and what will happen. Dun, dun, dun. So since you are a super smart listener who's always applying your critical thinking, you know that these are working theories. All the research I did this week and Amy did involved a lot of disagreeing points of view ranging from here are all the reasons why XYZ happened to nope, there's no such thing as an astrological age. So we're taking the point of view today that there are astrological ages, and this is what you should know about them. Yes. Also taking a heaping dose of salt with you rather than just a grain. So. Right. So the premise of the astrological ages, the premise of astrology is that the planets, stars, and the greater universe has an effect on what happens in your life. As far as exact dates and things like that, that's where it gets all a little foggy and astrologers don't agree about beginnings and endings of ages and things like this. But a really good kind of summary of of astrology and the value of it that I found as I was researching for this comes from this guy named Robert Ohato. I don't know that's how Mm -hmm. you say his name. But he says that astrology's true function is to unite the outer phenomenal world with the inner invisible world. So it's kind of allowing you to see, you know, as above, so below. Like we as humans are these little microcosms of the greater universal macrocosm. And so astrology is just one way to kind of describe these things. And the macrocosm in this context would be the age of whatever we're talking about in the moment, which we're going to get to. Right. So like right right now we would be at the dawn of the age of Aquarius rounding Mm -hmm. out the end of the Piscean age. But, uh, you know, like you've said, most astrologers agree that the planets and stars and greater universe have, have an effect on what happens in our lives, but they don't always agree on the exact dates, the beginnings or endings of ages. And with given dates, they vary in hundreds of years, depending on the account. Right. So Mm-hmm. And then there's also those people that don't even believe in astrology, period. So we're not talking to you guys today. <laughs> we're going to say astrology exists for today. Well, I mean, I was going to say, like, a note for the skeptics. I was thinking a lot about this because, like, as we look through this again, this seemingly arbitrarily assigned meanings to certain literal events in history. So I'm like, what's the value of talking about things like this? If it is like an arbitrary thing that no one can agree on and whatever else, if it's just like metaphorical. Mm -hmm. And and so this is all like symbolic stuff. Like why not just call it the Stone Age or the Bronze Age? Like these periods, they've already been named by historians, you know, these certain things. 
And the best answer I found, like for the value of the case for studying these ages, comes again from this astrologer guy, Robert Ohado. And he, he begins by talking about the symbolic importance of these literal historical events. And what he says is that archetypal perception provides the alchemy that can change your life. And Carl Jung warned us that when we cease to live the symbolic life, we cease to partake in the life of the gods or the divine and universal processes that are the very ground of existence. This is very much like the Danielle episodes, right? Exactly. So yeah, and he, he says we miss celebrating the divine sacrament of a daily life lived with meaning. So symbols, like, yeah, they're the language of the gods, and, and essentially that your experience has an added richness and depth when you deal in symbols and metaphors, like art, you know, art, poetry, and music. Symbolically based things can shift your perception and bring you to new insights, as well as giving positive visions for what could be in the future. And yeah, it is exactly what Danielle was talking about in the Medicine Wheel episode. Right, episodes nine... 11 and 12, shout out. Mm -hmm. If you guys are wondering what we're talking about, you can go back and listen to what right. Danielle said. She was addressing this mythological and archetypal approach in uh, shamanism and how that's kind mm -hmm. of the, the backbone of the, of the theories and the practices of the shamanism that she practices. Right, specifically that the soul's language is in symbols, right? It's metaphorical, right. and that's the right. hummingbird. Right. So there, so we've established that there's a lot of debate and a lot of disagreement. The, uh, the astrology ages came about, and this is, so this is a quote from the 20th century British astrologer, Charles Carter. He said, it's, it's mm -hmm. probable that there is no branch of astrology upon which more nonsense has been poured forth than the doctrine of the procession of the equinoxes, which is where the astrological ages came from, was this idea of the procession of the equinoxes. Now, in astronomy, axial precession is a, a literal thing, and, and it's a scientific thing, that is a gravity-induced, gravity slow and continuous change in the orientation of an astro astronomical body's rotational axis. So it can refer to oh. the gradual shift in the orientation of the Earth's axis of rotation and the cycle that they have deemed is approximately 26,000 years, which coincides with the procession of the equinoxes slash astrological age, zodiac ages, which is on the 26,000 year cycle. So called the great year. Right. So the Earth's procession was historically called the procession of the equinoxes because the equinoxes moved westward along the elliptic relative to the fixed stars, right? We all know the equinoxes, okay. the spring equinox, the winter equinox, or it's, I guess it's the winter solstice, and the equinoxes are spring and fall. That's right. So anyway, they, it's still used in non-technical discussions, but if you're a, it, it came from the, the procession of the equinoxes came from the Hellenistic era, which is second century BC, named after Hipparchus, the astronomy, the astronomer. So that's your history lesson before we get into what the astrological ages are and how they correspond throughout history, which was to me like one of the most interesting things we've researched. For anyone yeah, that wants to geek out and find meaning in the stars and and kind of pinpoint different important moments in again Western civilization because this is corresponding in the Western zodiac. So right. do you want to start us off, Amy, with the sure. first age? Yeah. Um, 
I don't know if we really said, like, in a nutshell, an astrological age, this is a time period that parallels major changes in Earth's civilization. So, like, it's correlating the zodiac sign with the change. And the right. parallels are pretty interesting. So, beginning with the age of Leo, which they say is from 11,000 to 8,000 BC. This is where the Ice Age ends, the snow melts, and the sun gods all appear during this time as a thanks for melting the snow and the warmth and everything else that came along with that. And this is referred to as the Stone Age. And it's interesting to note too, so Leo is the fire sign. But the yes. reason they call it the age of Leo is that there was something about the constellation of Leo being in position in the sky in the right place to say, oh, Leo is rising now in the horizon. This is where we talked about earlier, this idea that the earth spins on this axis that, that changes every 26,000 years. And that's why the night sky is always changing. So that is part of what makes it kind of interesting is it's not just totally arbitrary. It's not like they say, right. Oh, we're just going to call this Leo because we makes, we think it should, we should call it Leo. It's because Leo is the dominant constellation in the sky. Right. Well, and that, and again, it's, this is the 26,000 year cycle that the earth makes. And that's, that's proven. That's astronomy. Right. That's, that's not astrology. But the astrology part is saying... It's the symbolic assignment of... Yes. The energetic symbolic assignment. Means. I think we've established that now. Okay. Talk right. to us about okay. <laughs> the house of cancer, because this is when we start to have more record of... We, we really don't know much about humanity 11,000 to 8,000 years ago. It's very... Uh -huh. You know, we're... Archaeologists are finding, like little mummies here and there in the hills of frozen, the right. frozen tundra or something. But it's, we don't have, we don't really know much about what happened 8,000 years ago. So starting in 8,000 BC to 6,000 BC, go ahead, Amy. Um, yeah. What we do know is that most of the records about great floods are speculated to be around this time, around mm. 8,000 BC. And so during this time, you had you saw a shift from sun worship to moon worship. And, and this is called the fourth house of cancer. This is the age of cancer. Yes, this is cancer, the age of cancer. And cancer is a water sign. Yes, interestingly enough, yes. water sign. And so the moon and the mother goddess worship, because people were noticing how the moon affects the tides and, and since water was so prevalent during this time of flooding. Um, and they also began to, to have some more agriculture during this time mm -hmm. and like putting down roots. And I think that the, the main hallmarks of, of the, the people were like as far as them understanding earth, the earth around them, they viewed the great mother, this great mother earth, like it's a womb and a tomb. You know, everyone's born out of the earth and then everyone mm. dies in the earth. And people were actually buried in fetal position often, which I thought was really cool. Okay. So this um, is, I'm going to shout this documentary out one more time, which I, I've have before on other episodes, but it's called The right. Ascent of Woman. It's a yes. BBC documentary. And the very first thing they do is on the discovery of this civilization at Katal Hoyuk, which is in Turkey, mm -hmm. the Fertile Crescent. And it, they think it's the oldest or one of the oldest 
civilizations that they've found that's intact. And this is where they found all these people buried in the fetal position. And this is where they found all these little statues of these fertile mother goddesses of the kind of the ultimate fertile mother. And so it's really worth watching if this interests you because it, this documentary is so well done that it makes everything make sense. So shout out Ascent of Woman on Netflix. Anyway. Amen. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So next do talk to us about Gemini. Okay. So 6,000 to 4,000 BC, we are now in the third house of Gemini and Gemini is the house of communication. And so this brings rise to the age of communication and trade. So during this time period, writing developed for the first time. We start to see hieroglyphs. We start to see, you know, written language. Gemini in the Zodiac is referred to as the twins, right? And Mm -hmm. this is why we call it the representative of the communication between people, that there's the two people and, you know, there's, there's different aspects, light and dark, and there's, there's conversation happening. So religion, uh, as we know it, was developed in the Geminian age. There was a, and not to say that as we know it, because now I would say we're dominating, we're, we're pri- well, I guess I wouldn't say we're primarily dominated by a mon- monotheism, but there's, there's a hefty dose of, of, you know, religion right. of all different types of religion on the world, on the earth now. But now this is where people were like, I am whatever I am at the time, the pantheon of the gods in Greek literature. This is when they were birthed. This is not when they were written about. They were Mm -hmm. written about thousands of years later, but according to the Greeks, this was when Zeus was born, right? Right. So they arose during this time. So that's important to note. So this is, uh, and it's also associated with the planet Mercury, who was also known as uh, Hermes, the messenger of the gods. So there was duality. This is also the twins, right? The light Mm -hmm. and the dark, the good and the bad. All of these concepts are starting to come about in, in evolutionary human consciousness. So we're not just living communal lives. And something to note, too, about the previous age in cancer was that they, they assume, archaeologists assume that these people that they found in Catahoyuk were living communally, that the actual family unit, the mother, father, child, mm-hmm. it didn't really matter as much. Like, like I would raise your kid as much as you would raise mine. And it was very communal living. It was a communal society. So this, right. in this age, it became much more one of duality. So right. and there's even speculation that during that time, that, that cancer time, that people didn't even realize that men had any role in, at all in procreation. It was just yeah. like this miraculous thing that women gave birth and they didn't know how or why. And so that has to do with like, yeah, the structure, the man and woman as the parents of this child wasn't really in existence back then. Right. That there really, really was in many ways a, a female dominated society, especially in terms of deity. Right. But as we start to see in the next age of, in Gemini, we start to see trade. We start to see agricultural um, really taking hold and, and be, you know, now there's all these civilizations Take us into Taurus. So Taurus is the bull, and this is 4,000 BC to 2,000 BC. And this is kind of the age of possessions, and there's heavy focus on 
agriculture, earth. Um, the pyramids were built during this time. The bull was heavily worshipped across, like, Egypt, Crete, Assyria, and even it's speculated that the early Jews worshipped a bull god originally based on the writings and artwork out of that time. Well, I think um, it was that Moses... Um, do you want to tell the story of Moses coming down from no, Mount Sinai? No, you go ahead. So, so the Egyptians definitely worshipped the bull, and it was called... The, they called him Ankh. It was the Egyptian symbol of life. And okay. that was that was also the bull. But the story that ended the age of the bull, mm -hmm. and this is what's interesting about the Tarian Age and the Aryan Age and the Piscean Age, is that there are these events that begin and end like this is the end of the age was Moses goes up to Mount Sinai and gets the Ten Commandments as written in the Old Testament, right? And he comes mm -hmm. down the mountain and he finds all the people worshiping a golden calf, right? They're all right. worshiping a golden calf. And Moses orders them to be killed, right? This is always why I'm like, the Old Testament, what the heck, right? It's like, <laughs> okay, the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not kill. Kill all the people that are worshiping the bulls. Um, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but the idea was, they, if we're looking at it as mythology, the killing of the bull represents the end of the Tarian Age. So the bull god replaced by Moses and the ram god which then becomes, so Moses obviously brings in the, the monotheism God, but the sign of the ram comes in now. And a ram is a sheep, a male sheep. So right. take us into the 2000 BC to 1 AD, the Aryan age. So Aries is symbolized by the ram, and this is kind of the age of war. Is he the god of war? In Aries is the god of war in, right. um, in Roman Roman. I, no, no. In Greek mythology, I think Mars is the god of war in Roman mythology. Right, so that's the equivalent. Okay. Yeah. So this age was characterized by all these expanding empires. You have Rome, you have Persia, you have China. I think this was during the, the Iron Age, so there was a lot of tech, technological advances as far as tools and weaponry, and the monotheism became bigger than the previous polytheism. Also, with the with Moses coming down with the Ten Commandments, this was this age was characterized by a lot of collective laws being written down for to keep the peace and kind of manage the chaos of this ego development as you know, as seen in these these empires and all the power like the power hungry societies. Mm -hmm. So, so this we really see a entrance into the more masculine exploration of the rational mind, and we get that too with the the Greek philosophers, uh, Plato, Socrates, and uh, Aristotle. Something to note too about the monotheism. I don't know that it was still the most popular, although it became. This is when monotheism really took root. There was mm -hmm. a an Egyptian pharaoh named Akhenaten or Akhenaten. I'm not going to say it right because I'm not nerdy <laughs> enough. I don't, I need to become an ancient civilization professor and then I can say these things properly. Right. <clears throat> so please forgive me. But in 1350 BC, he created the sun god and he was the supreme deity who he also aligned with himself, right? So mm -hmm. 
so it was this, but then also the, the Jews were taking hold now that Moses has been for 2000 years talking about the, the Jewish God. And mm. now the Egyptians are saying there is one God and it's the Pharaoh. So we still have the Greeks and their polytheism happening. And again, who knows what's going on on the other parts of the world, right? But in this little space of Western civilization, that's what's going on. Well, is Aries a fire sign? It is, right? Fire, air, oh. Yes, Aries is a fire sign. Um, and I thought it was really interesting in India, the god of fire is named Agni, and he rode on a ram. Hmm. That was his, his animal. So the sign of the ram, the male dominant sheep. So do you want to continue? I know there's, this is the collective laws were created. Oh, this is also when Buddha right. comes about, right? Right. And towards the end the, of the Aryan age. Yeah. The eightfold path, all these, all these groups of, of laws and instructions were happening during this time, including the mm -hmm. yeah, Buddha, the, the writings of Confucius, the code of Hammurabi. Yes. All of that. Really interesting stuff. Now the end of the Aryan age comes with the Lamb of God, also known as Jesus's birth, right? Jesus Christ. So the first AD to, here's where it speculates, first AD to December 2012 or 2600 AD is the Piscean age. So depending mm -hmm. on who you talk to, we are either in the Piscean age or we are gradually, we are, um, we are at the dawn of the Aquarian age which we'll get, we'll talk more about this in the Aquarian age, but for the Piscean age, it is the age of spirituality. Uh, the sign, the Aries is, a, or I mean, Pisces is a water sign. So that's it. The sign is a fish. Jesus's mm -hmm. symbol was a fish. He called himself and he called his disciples fishers of men. Uh, they, this was the age of the subconscious. The religion of, of Christianity really took hold throughout these last 2000 years, became a dominant religion on the planet. The sacrificial lamb of God ended the Aryan age and brought this dawn of the Piscean age. So uh, interesting development. Right. And this is where kind of like the ideals of sacrifice and non-attachment arose, right? Right. With the and equality in a lot of ways, like what... What was really unique, aside from the doctrine of eternal life um, and resurrection, was the idea that when Christ was born into this highly Roman society, Romans were really big on slavery. And they mm -hmm. honored their caste system. You know, it was just normal for all the amazing things that the Romans did and all of the advances that they made during antiquity they were very archaic in human rights, right? I mean, and when Christ well, came, yeah. he's saying, I mean, he's saying, hey, slave, you're, you are every bit as important as the uh, emperor of Rome. And of course, those guys didn't like that. So, right. so there started, it was a very rebellious religion. So that was kind yes. of the doctrine of like, hey, we're, there's equality, there's this, this, the seed of human rights being planted. <laughs> um, in the earliest Christian doctrine, and not to say that it's not seen in others as well, but in this particular, if we're talking Piscean and we're talking the fishers of men and the fish and all that, that was what was mm -hmm. brought forth there. 
Yeah, so talk about what the Aquarian Age is. So this is the so-called New Age that people refer to. The Aquarian Age is an interesting one. And we were talking about this before we went live, but the idea that if we are in the beginning of the Aquarian Age, you know, this is one that's supposed to be the Aquarius is a, a, it's in the house. It's a house, the house of friendship, freedom, technology, electricity, computers, flight, space travel, democracy, individual freedom, idealism, modernism, modernization, perseverance, right? These are all these amazing attributes that are suddenly just, you know, assigned to the Aquarian age, which we see all happening. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I do think it's important to note that every society as we've gone through history has thought that their society is like the most important. This well, is, yeah, this is the definitely modern. the most important time to yeah. be living, right? <laughs> That's part of the grandiose myth of humanity. Every age thought they were the most grand and glorious, and this is just kind of the collective evolution of civilization as it reaches these new ideals and these new um, modes of consciousness. So the other hallmarks of the Aquarian age are this openness to develop your soul gifts. So all these high moral qualities like knowledge, truth, and courage, these are all highly emphasized as, as this, this age of enlightenment, really, and um, kind of an increased focus on the individual over religious influence. It's kind of this period of consciousness. So the final, one of the final signs of the Aquarian age talks a lot about free will and it starts as a matter of personal interest that this is the time period where we will discover and we will choose whether or not we're going to evolve in this spiritual way um so something to take with you there with our with our age of aquarius upon us uh if you guys have a spare minute it would mean the world to us if you would go and leave us a rating a review or even just tell your friend if you think you have a friend that would really enjoy our podcast. We would love for you to share our work with, uh, with anyone that you love or anyone that you think would benefit. And with that, enjoy the rest of your week. Thanks for listening. Before we part, we'd like to say thanks for listening. And we hope you'll connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. We would love to hear from you and appreciate all feedback, shares, and likes. To learn more and subscribe to our newsletter, visit intentionists.com. And no matter where you are or what you're creating, we send you love and invite you to breathe and begin. See you next week.